0: The Latter day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Latter day Lives podcast. My name is Sean Rapier, I am your host. This is episode 35. And we have got such a fun conversation for you this week. Steve Solberg is a rising star in the comedy world. He is headlining clubs all over the place, had his own dry bar comedy special, is doing stuff with LDS Living. He is just a great example of a comedian who is Mormon. He doesn't necessarily do Mormon comedy, though he does some, but he is out there just slaying it with crowds. He is so funny. My apologies in advance that really... Most of this conversation is him talking and me just laughing because he is so funny, and I'm excited to share this conversation with you. Uh, This week on my Latter-day Life, I'm going to tell you a little bit about a road trip that I took with a friend 25 years ago that came full circle this weekend. So great show ahead for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's conversation. (laughs) guest today on the latter-day lives podcast is an incredible rising star who i've been following for a while and i'm actually really excited to have him here in the studio mr steve solberg steve how are you
1: doing so good thank you so much for having me and i mean we just said this off the air but i am a big sean rapier fan (laughs) i mean long time and to be honest in prepping for this I, I had to watch some of your uh, stand-up. The one that has gone most viral was, of course, the latter Night Live bit.
0: Boy, that, that always just
1: sticks does it get, around. It. Does it get brought up? With, am I like the fifth or no, sixth no. to bring it up?
0: It's, it's, but, it, but it's funny because it has a life of its own, and every couple of years, some
1: blog picks it up. It's so stinking funny. And then it just
0: takes off again. I don't know what it is with that bit. That was a fun night, though.
1: It speaks to a couple of things for me, because uh, the the first off, my favorite joke, of course, I mean, there's, there's multiple hilarities in it, but the fake laugh... <laughs> in between when you go when he when the producer asked me to tell you, <laughs> and it's like man oh, i've heard that fake laugh but then the switch the quick switch yeah, to the um, crying that had me crying laughing uh, that is
0: kind that is really it was kind. so funny thank you steve <laughs> well thank you i appreciate it see i'm the old man comedian I'm. Uh, I've been around for a long time. You're the new breed, and you're ten times funnier. Uh, no that's... offense to any of my old counterparts. I came up with, but you're so much funnier. You and you've kind of got a crowd of younger comedians here in Utah that yeah, you work yeah. with and all you guys are just hysterical. So, well thank you for that opening compliment. But uh tell us a little bit about where you where where are you from, Steve? You're a Seattle I'm a Seattle native? guy. Yeah, yeah.
1: I grew up in Seattle. Um but I've lived in Utah here for about 10 years now. Oh, okay. Um and feel at home now in Utah, but uh What brought you out to Utah? You know, I'm a Mormon. Uh <laughs> That's
0: usually actually a prerequisite of this show. It, funny it seems enough.
1: like a weird thing.: <laughs> <laughs> Who would figure that the LDS podcast would have? Yeah, But you know,
0: we weren't it. required to come here.
1: <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, but yeah, yeah so I, I went to school at BYU, Hawaii. Oh, and, awesome. Uh, so I actually came to Utah from Hawaii, um, and I finished school there and uh, was going to go work at a lab in Logan. And live at my brother's house. My brother was living in Logan at the time. What were you studying? What did you get your degree in from? Uh, biology. Yeah.
0: No kidding. Yeah, I The thought, comedian biologist. Why not, right? I mean, that is
1: not a normal combination. I definitely didn't plan on stand-up as actually being my job. I, I was planning on... Um, well, I was either going to do med school or PA school or... Um, uh, I worked at a lab called Myriad Genetics. Yeah, wow. Um, and that was a great uh, lab. And they had said, you know, if you work here a long time, you'll you'll get uh, tons of experience, and we'll pay you like we'll pay our our PhDs. And to me, I thought that sounds good. But that sounds it sounds amazing. It was kind of eventually. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a high throughput lab, which means you're doing the same stuff over and over. And uh, yeah. Comedy was just so alluring. All
0: right. So when did you get started in comedy? Uh,
1: about ten years ago, yeah. which is always surprising to find out. Like, like people go, "You're new, right?" And it's like, "Well, yeah, kind of." No. And and uh, and you know, I mean, comedy takes a long time to get good at.
0: Yeah, we, we. I'm trying to remember who we had in here. We had a comedian in here. We were laughing about, and I'll, I'll ask you if you've had this question. I have people because. What people don't realize is to do to put together a forty five minute, one hour show Oh yeah. And, and and your one hour show has to be good stuff. That means you've written fifteen hours yeah. and gotten down to the one hour that's good. It I mean it takes years to put together a solid headlining show. And then people will come up after the show and go, So do you do a different show every time?
1: Oh my gosh, yeah.
0: Have people asked you that before?
1: Yes, but you know, it's funny because I've I've been doing my current hour for maybe three years now and uh, I had somebody, uh, a fan, come up and, and say, hey, and I know this person. I've seen them at every show. Yeah. And uh, they were like, so are you going to do a new show next time I see you? And <laughs> I desperately wanted to say yes. So I'm actually, uh, I've I've kind of formally retired uh, yeah. my material and forcing myself to do new stuff. So hopefully, but yeah, it takes... I don't know. Your first hour, I would say, I could easily say, yeah, that took me about 10 years to get that. Maybe seven years.
0: I was probably three years before my first hour, but only half of it was good. Right. I mean, it was probably six or seven years before I had a really good hour.
1: Yeah. 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 Before you like it. Yeah. Yeah, And and it was embarrassing because you'll say, uh, yeah, I can do an hour. I like about three of the jokes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so you pepper
0: them. You do one at the opening, one in the middle, and then you close with your best material. Yeah, yeah. So so the problem is that your material becomes, you get tired of it.
1: Oh, totally. And
0: you can always tell when a comedian has been doing the same joke for a long time, because the punch, you can feel it coming.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: the problem is it's also a crutch, because you know it kills. I have stuff that I've retired that still, if a show's not going so great, I know where it's buried <laughs>
1: Yeah. You better I will pull dig that it up out.
0: because if a show's struggling. So now now let's let's go back just a little bit. Grew up in sure. Seattle. Did you go straight to Hawaii from Seattle?
1: I went so I went to BYU Idaho. Okay. Which when I went there it was uh Richards College. I like to use yeah. the formal name.
0: Good old Richards.
1: Uh my brother went to Ricks. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. So I was at Rick's for uh a couple years. It was I actually was there. They were BYU-Idaho, but we were still Rick's. It was the last year that we had sports. Oh, yeah. And so I was on the um, cross-country team Oh, cool. There, And that is how I ended up in Hawaii because the Rick's cross-country team was fabulous. In fact, if any of the listeners are still, um, you know, maybe you go to BYU-Idaho or something like that, you probably know, if you're a runner, you know Doug Stutz. And he was incredible. He was uh, the best running coach I ever had. Mm, awesome. And uh, it was interesting because his style of running coaching, people go, hey, running, really? You yeah. need a coach? <laughs> Everyone knows how to run. Try
0: left, then the right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Try swinging your arms. You might want
1: to swing the arms. It'll help. Um, I have a weird story about not swinging arms and running, but um, that was a different coach. But yeah, Doug Stutz, incredible. And he was like a mission president. You would meet with him once a week, and he would talk with you about how you were sleeping, how you were eating, oh, wow. how's your dating life going, and, and then uh, would like have a prayer with you and leave. He wouldn't be like, and I want you to run fast. Also, so it was, it was life like coach type stuff. Life coach. Totally. That is awesome, and the best coach I ever had, and ran my best races under him. And the yeah. next year after, I mean, it affects you for a long time when you have a good coach. Sure, um, but
0: then then that's what took you out to Hawaii. That
1: took me to Hawaii because we won uh, nationals. Mm. Doug Stuts is uh, he had a, a dynasty kind of going, and it's they awesome. just always won the uh, national championship, and so. Coach uh, Norman Kaluhi Lokalani from Hawaii, Coach wow, K, right? Wow, that's a mouthful. Yeah, yeah, Coach K is a good name. Coach K, he just retired, actually. Um, uh, he offered me a scholarship, and I went to Hawaii.
0: Awesome. And then from Hawaii straight to Utah.
1: Straight to Utah, and I thought, why did I do this?
0: Yeah, so the, the Hawaii to Utah, I did the California to Utah.
1: Ah, that's hard yeah. enough.
0: The Hawaii to Utah... That's a big jump.
1: I kind of hated it. I mean, yeah. and that sounds like I get too it. Honest, but I did.
0: I've been to Hawaii enough times to get it. Yeah. Like, oh man. I mean, it is paradise there. It's
1: incredible. Yeah. I, I of course, a, be a Pepsi there.
0: is about six bucks, but you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, <laughs> you have to get it at Costco. Yeah. That's the trick. Yeah. Also, get your car rentals from Costco if you're oh, uh, going to Hawaii. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's the trick. Do your car rental through Costco. That's impressive for Hawaii, but uh,
0: so so. What led you? So you did you always know? Like, were you always a funny guy?
1: No, I mean like,
0: maybe growing up. Did would the rest of the class have said Steve is the funny guy in class?
1: The guy who said the funny stuff would say that <laughs> because I was too shy to say it. So I would. So you feed it, him. Lines. I would feed him. You'd whisper it to him, and yeah. then he'd
0: get the credit for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, he would always and. Uh, Oh, man. I remember thinking, one of these days, I'm going to say it myself. Yeah. But I never... uh, I mean, I don't know that I never did. There was a few times, but for the most part, I was a little bit more shy.
0: And now, did you grow up in an LDS family?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the other part of it, is I think my family is so funny. I thought my oldest brother and my... well, my two older brothers, and even my younger brother, I think that now... Uh, I there's, there's four boys and one girl. I'm the middle, and my little sister's the youngest. Yeah, and I I feel sorry for Kate because Kate is hilarious, but she's growing up with four older brothers. She yeah. already have the age <laughs> advantage, so she you know she had a rough time trying to be funny with all these brothers. Uh, the other thing is she just enjoyed laughing. Yeah, I think I think Kate was happy to hear she us. She had laughing. a good audience, great audience, and then. uh but but yeah, I never thought uh, I'm the funny one yeah. out of this bunch. Mm. It was like if I I would I would try to be a little bit more calculated, yeah. Because I wanted when I when I did speak up, I was like, I want this to land, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a true, true comedian phrase. <laughs> I want this joke to land.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I used that phraseology so, when I was. So a kid. I
0: I uh, I have a lot of friends who are under the impression until I get to know them better, or whatever. Sometimes, you know, I travel a lot for my job. Sometimes I'm the only Mormon people I've ever met. And they have this stereotype that Mormon families must be super buttoned down. And, you know, you walk around like it's a monastery, you know, and there better be no laughing. My experience, my whole family loves to laugh and yeah. is, is very funny. Uh, and that's my experience with not certainly not all families, but the Mormon family seems to lend itself to laughter. Do you agree with that? Oh,
1: I totally think it does. And I think that you need that. And it it's so healthy for your family. Now, I am going to admit something. Maybe some people go, maybe that's a little too far. But So my first time going through the temple, um, I remember going into the celestial room with my parents there and my older brother. My other brother was on his mission still in Guatemala. Yeah. And um, I, 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 we said something, and we start laughing, and we get my mom going, and yep, she's, I've
0: had that tears happen. are
1: watering, you know, and she's <laughs> crying in the temple not because spiritual stuff, she's laughing, and I remember her kind of be like, stop it, you know, we got, to, we're not gonna laugh this la- hard, yes, and, in the temple, in the temple, it's we are not supposed to, but. Uh, but, you know, looking back on that, I don't think that there was anything wrong with
0: that. No, it's, it's uh, laughter is an expression of joy. Mm-hmm. And I believe that loud laughter, there really is something to that. And if you're making fun of things in the temple, I, my wife and I will go to the temple, and I am the worst... I always want to laugh when I'm not supposed to. So if I'm not supposed to laugh, forget it. That's oh, it's when funnier. it's over. Yeah. So we've been in the chapel waiting to go into the temple where my wife will make a face at me and then she'll like quickly correct me like, don't you better not laugh. <laughs> and I have to go sit in a different <laughs> pew and I'll sit there going, why are you doing this to me? And and it's a wonderful experience, so...
1: Yeah, that's my favorite.
0: So you kind of knew you had this funny way of looking at things. How do you transition? And I love hearing from comedians. How do you transition into saying, okay, I am going to go on stage and tell my own jokes?
1: Um, when yeah. and
0: how did that happen?
1: I mean, you know... Uh... <sighs> I had, uh, before my first open mic, I had a group of friends where we were doing our own version of open mic uh, just at their house. But it wasn't necessarily um, jokes. Everybody was doing whatever they wanted. And I decided I would do, um, I would uh, speak PM Dawn lyrics. This is kind of aging (laughs) me. Center, so Speaking funny to me. PM Don lyrics. Okay, in, so for our, our like listeners a... under the age
0: of 40. <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about who the PM amazing Dawn. PM Don was? Yeah,
1: man, PM Don is incredible. <laughs> and uh and maybe I was I was still maybe a little too young, but I like still loved him, you know.
0: I was going to say you're a bit young for PM Don.
1: It was it was uh just one of those weird things where you fall into music uh, yeah. after the sure. fact. And uh, oh, that
0: is so funny
1: p m Don is like this hippie um b- black rapper who was a little bit more into like like it was smooth, you know, his voice felt smooth, and his lyrics felt very like calming. It was
0: very soul, yeah. Also, some of the worst lyrics that have ever come out of anything, <laughs> like in an effort to be deep and sometimes just in an effort to rhyme stuff that had no reason being in a song.
1: Oh, it was so weird. <laughs> like talking about decorating rainbows and I, I need to I, like Google a PM Dawn lyrics because so I would read PM Dawn lyrics oh, with like hilarious. a Shakespearean tone.
0: Oh yeah, um, I think I need to hear some of that.
1: P.M. Dawn and uh lyrics. Set adrift. Set adrift on memory bliss of you. That is uh, awesome. was probably the most famous one. Yeah.
0: And you still so, hear that every now
1: and again. I would be like the camera pans to the cocktail glass. <laughs> Behind a blind of plastic plants, I found the lady with a fat diamond ring. <laughs> then you know I can't remember a darn thing. It's just one of those deja vu things, <laughs> or a dream that's trying to tell me something. Will I ever stop thinking about it? I doubt it. And that's... <laughs> to me, it was so funny. I was waiting for the so,
0: I doubt it. So, yeah, yeah, you gotta yeah, pause, the make them want it. I doubt it.
1: I doubt it. <laughs> I.
0: So you guys would do this, it. this was your way of getting together and...
1: Yeah, and yeah. my friends were laughing so yeah. hard that I thought, okay, I'm going to try some of my own jokes. And
0: So when did you first do your own material? Like, Was that at a club or was that with your friends?
1: It was, um, this is what's weird, it was at a company party. Oh, wow. So I was joking with people at work about this thing that I was doing, and they said, you should do comedy at our company party. Yeah. And not At, knowing, at the company
0: you were working at.
1: Yeah, and so this was right before Myriad Genetics. Actually, gotcha. this was I was working at a lab at the U.
0: But they, but the company you were working for wanted you to perform. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. that
0: has danger written all it over it. Was a it. horrible idea. It is such a bad idea because then no one wants to make eye contact with you.
1: No, and in reality, I I still have my set list from that. Oh, cool. Um, but not, none of the jokes are good. You know, if I were to look back, I go, oh man, these are awful
0: but isn't it amazing how much hubris you have when you're young and getting started
1: yeah you think you're great you think this is i know what i'm doing i'm funny i'm I'm commanding a a crowd and even if you don't necessarily command that crowd you still think you did i think you go i had them yeah and you you probably didn't
0: no but but at least people you know are going to give you a little bit of leeway like if you're funny at all because you're just the office guy Whereas if they bring in a comic, they're not as nice. No, they <laughs> if, are not. If they don't know you. Is, and I, I tried to explain this to people before. There, Until you've lived it, there is nothing like when you have bombed and you know you bombed, the person in the audience knows you bombed and you have to walk past each other. <laughs> 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 that is that is the most uncomfortable moment in a comedian's life because they, they won't make eye contact with you. They'll yeah. look down. But then they'll go, Hey, great show. And I, they'll just say it as fast as they can. Hey hey, great hey, great, great job. job. <laughs> hey hey, good job. I've good done job. And that. they try to get out of there as fast as they can. You're like,
1: I've done <laughs> Yeah, that's I've done gigs where um, I knew they had the check in hand and I left so fast, uh, I was like, Yeah, mail it to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
0: want to. <laughs> it's not worth getting the money. No. To have to see someone.
1: I don't want to touch your hand and so <laughs> acknowledge.
0: Ben Washburn and I did a show together once for Wasatch Constructors. They had just gotten the big bid for the freeway, and it was at Saltair. And they had a, a DJ playing music uh, at one end. And then they wanted us to do comedy while the music was still playing <laughs> at the other end of Saltair on a big stage. Then they realized no one was coming down to the stage to see us. And I mean, we charged them a stupid amount of money. We charged them so much money. So they said, well, can you stand on a chair <laughs> <laughs> just in the middle of the room and tell the jokes? Wow. And we realized we weren't going to get the check unless we did it. So we stood, we took turns, oh my gosh. 10 minutes each, stood on a chair. Telling jokes to each other because no one even knew that we were comedians. We were just standing on a chair in the middle of a room. No way. <laughs> and the guy was uh, had been partaking of alcohol quite a bit that night. Oh yeah, was thrilled with us. Handed us the check, and we left. We each wow. did about ten minutes, charged thousands of dollars.
1: That's fantastic.
0: The worst and best show I've ever had. That's so, so, so when funny. did you when did you when did you get up in a club?
1: Uh, I I shortly after that uh, after my first. Experience doing the jokes for my company. One of the guys goes, "Hey, you should go to uh, Wise Guys, the local club here in Utah, and do their open mic night." And I didn't even know open mic night existed. And I said, "Yeah, I'm going to do that." And then uh, this—I know I'm going a long way about it, but there's fun no, connections no, no, on the story. Uh, so then I decided to visit everybody I knew. I went door to door. to recruit them to come out to my open mic and that's when i made friends with our mutual friend uh ryan hamilton oh yeah and so ryan was visiting one of my friends oh awesome and they go dude this guy is a full-time comic you gotta talk with him and that was the first time we met and i was like get out you're and and he was at Open Mic that week. and Oh, that's so cool. That's so good of him. Said hi and, and shook my hand, which I thought was crazy. And uh, we've been good friends uh, ever since.
0: Ryan is as good a guy. And for our audience, if you have not seen him, he's got a Netflix special that is Fall Down, Hilarious Funny. He's good friends with Seinfeld, opens for him all the time now. Has been yeah. on Conan, has been on The the Tonight Show. Just LDS guy. And as, as funny, as good as you'll ever see as a comedian.
1: He is so funny. And I've been saying for years, uh, you know, you're, you're the next Brian Regan or, or Jim Gaffigan or whatever. And it feels like now it's finally happening. Yeah. His connections and and people who are fans of Ryan Hamilton, like you said, Jerry is a big fan. Last time I was in New York, um, I was visiting with Ryan, and, and we went and hung out where he and Jerry had had dinner like a couple nights before. Wow! And the the restaurant place goes, "Oh, hi! I know you. You were here with Mister Seinfeld." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was just my brain exploded. Uh, is that amazing? Like you hang out with Jerry Seinfeld. So,
0: so you gather up all these friends, including Ryan Hamilton, which that's amazing. Yeah. And and you get up on stage. How was your first open mic experience?
1: You know, because I had so many friends there, it actually went well. That's Which great. is not normal. Um, yeah, like, you
0: know what's funny is my, my first experience, I felt like went well because I almost didn't know. Yeah. And then I decided I was good. <laughs> <laughs> then my second or my third is yeah. when all of a sudden you go, what's happening? I'm telling the jokes and no one's laughing.
1: That sounds like my experience as yeah, well. Yeah, the first the, time you're on a high.
0: Plus, you don't know what to expect. Going, so if you get laughs, I must be good.
1: Yeah, I got one laugh in three I, minutes. I'm somebody hilarious. laughed. I'm hysterical. And then uh, the second time you go, I guess I am doing it wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and, and sadly, if, if, if you said, I'm doing it wrong, then you you probably cut out for comedy. Sadly, most most guys get up and go. What a lousy crowd!
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, old, you're definitely delusional. Yeah, the yeah. first like year you're doing stand up, you think you're good, but yeah. the
0: guys last week really got me. But this week, this crowd—they're <laughs> terrible. <laughs> they Blame it all oh, on the crowd. Funny. Yeah. So recently you had a dry bar comedy special that people can find some of the clips on youtube but yeah. then if they go to dry bar comedy they can watch the whole thing and that's brought you a good amount of notoriety i see it pop up all the time right what yeah. was that experience yeah. like
1: yeah um you know i feel really lucky i got to do it the the guys at uh, vid angel um have put together that that whole series of of shows drive our comedy and it's been really good for um clean comedians and for sure and uh, the exposure is so great because it's reaching out because comedy clubs and i think you've probably feel the same way comedy clubs are great i love comedy clubs yeah but i would bet 99 percent of your listenership has never been to a comedy club right and i to be honest had never been to a comedy club before my first open mic Mm. i did not trust it i did not think it was a place for me to go and in reality um yeah i probably was right yeah most of the time it's not yeah i mean it's really not we've both
0: been to clubs that you know Mm. i would never take anyone else into i can't wait to get out of there
1: yeah sure yeah they're awful Um. So dry bars, but they can be good. They can be good. You know, you can have nights where when I headline, I I make sure it's going to be an all clean cast, and everybody on the show knows, hey, this is this is Steve's show, and this is how it's going to be.
0: That's awesome. And uh,
1: and I hope it appeals to people who are LDS and and not though. You know, it's like I don't I don't want to say I'm an LDS. Comedian, I like that your tagline for the show, right? I yeah. think I've adopted yeah, that. Amazing
0: the same. amazing people who happen to be Mormon. Yeah. 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 And that, that's that's the trend that we're seeing, you know, everyone we talk to is is that and there may be Mormon threads or there may not, but either way it represents lifestyle. I always say I don't need people to know that I'm Mormon just when they find out I don't want them to be surprised.
1: Oh, that's cool. You I know, like that. I
0: don't I don't have to wear my religion right on my sleeve. Yeah. But I would hate to say I'm Mormon and people go, really? Jeez, you don't act like a Mormon at all.
1: Like <laughs> You seem so yeah. You yeah. seem so heathen. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, that's good to have people yeah. uh still I, get it.
0: And Drybar has done a lot of non-Mormons. It's just yeah, clean. The majority it just happens to be clean. So so I I was mentioning this to you earlier. There are different levels of how comedians look at other comedians. And there are jokes where you kind of go, "Mm, yeah, that's derivative. I could see that. Uh There are jokes you hear where you go, gosh, that's pretty good. Then there are jokes where you go, okay, I just hate that guy for coming up with that because it's not mine. Uh. And like, (laughs) truly, there are certain jokes that are truly great. And even more than jokes, I like premises. I like mm-hmm. when you can kind of riff on something. So Steve doesn't actually know I'm going to ask him this, and if it doesn't, uh-huh. if it doesn't come together, that I'll just delete this. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. But absolute comedy genius. Talk to us about being bad at Facebook.
1: Oh, the the that one uh, did go. It's been popular that joke. See it's now,
0: genius. It's not just good, Steve. That is world class.
1: It's uh, it's partially because there's you know the the level of truth in it, right? Any good joke is is honest, in my opinion, and. Uh, I talk about because I let's just can we just hear it can the you joke? do it? Is that sh- yeah sure I it this is one of those jokes that I'm 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 trying to retire don't sunset
0: this yet <laughs> or at least let today be its swan song
1: yeah yeah uh, that'd be uh, awesome so I don't because Facebook is so critical to my position as yeah. a, a comedian sure um, I don't use it nearly as much as I should. Um, And I think some of it is because I have this love-hate relationship with it, because I I am bad at it from the aspect that I do stuff on there that I don't do in regular life. I have never in my regular life wandered into a stranger's house, go to their photo albums... and feverishly look through every picture they own, just looking through all their stuff. Like, And then they'd be like, what are you doing here? Don't worry, I'm a friend of a friend. It's okay. It's totally fine for me to just creepily look through all your pictures. But this second part of that joke is is a is sad truth, right? The second
0: I, part is better. It's better.
1: I, I said, uh, I mean, it's easy to mess up on Facebook because... I one time decided to visit an ex girlfriend's Facebook page. And that's the electronic version of driving past your ex girlfriend's house when you were 16. I don't know if, like, maybe, I don't know your listenership, but when before you had Facebook and you broke up with somebody and you were immature and didn't have control over your hormones, you would find yourself driving past your ex's house slowly in your car. What? Four, I have no idea. There was nothing good about it. If she drew the curtain and saw you, you'd speed away. And she'd be Like, what are you doing? Oh, I was just passing through the cul-de-sac. Nothing. I don't know. I'm so embarrassed. And, and so I do the electronic version of that, which is you type her name in the search bar. And you press return only to realize that is not the search bar. And her name is now my status update. Just just her name emblazoned across my status. All that does is say that Steve was stalking here. This is where Steve stalks. Yeah. yeah, it was embarrassing. And then you know, that's true. And I and then I didn't do it on a computer. This is back when mobile Facebook uh, didn't have a remove status update <laughs> option, and so it just sat on the internet, her name under my page, while all my friends are commenting and liking it, and, and I'm sweating, just trying to delete it. Like, oh no, what do I do? Nothing. Just be sad about your life. But it was good. It was a good experience, yeah.
0: That is absolute gold. Oh, I, I, I'm so glad, Steve. You that, that is joke. that is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. I think that comedy is at its best when it taps into one of our fears.
1: Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And I can picture
0: myself doing that, and it's <laughs> so terrifying. And then the thought that you're stuck uh, is just brilliant. That is a really, really brilliant bit. Mm. So, Steve, where do we go from here? What's next for you? What's next for Steve Solberg? And and if people want to follow Uh, you, or people want to kind of be a part of the
1: Steve Solberg experience, um, you know, I mean, you can follow me on Facebook. Yes, you can see those those entertaining updates. Um, and then uh, yeah, just all my ex-girlfriends' names. Uh, (laughs) If we've dated, I apologize. I'm glad you've moved on. I'm proud of you for that. I'm trying. I'm sure I almost used the name there because it would be funnier, but it would be maybe too vulnerable yeah. um, and not uh, safe for them. But uh, yeah, yeah, find me on Facebook, or uh, I use Instagram and Twitter, um, and they're all just under my name, just Steve Solberg, which is, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you could probably see the right spelling on the uh, device that yeah. you're listening to.
0: Yeah, we'll have your name right, right at the front, so...
1: But next, I mean, because I, I wanted to tell you about this because I'm glad you like that joke, but yep. I have another joke that is my personal favorite. I, I probably won't tell it here because it's, it's kind of long. Okay. Um, it's at least 10 minutes long usually, but it's a story about um, a time I went home teaching with my dad, and um, and I do this for LDS and non-LDS audiences uh, alike. You talk
0: about home teaching. Audiences That's awesome. Alike.
1: Yeah, yeah. Go into a home teaching bit and we talk about the, I home taught some hoarders with my dad when I was 15. <laughs> and that whole
0: Home teaching hoarders.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was fantastic. Oh, and
0: that's awesome.
1: We're working with um, uh, LDS Living and they're actually illustrating it. So no So th- it's uh, hopefully going to come out in the next uh, couple months here. We have another one that, uh, another video that I just shot since um, I'm a, um, a mid-single. As opposed to a regular single, have you crossed
0: that threshold? Yeah. You're mid single yeah, now. Yeah, I'm mid. All yeah. right, which That's is awesome.
1: so much worse. Apparently,
0: <laughs> there's nothing worse about it. It's great. Yeah, it's we great. had mutual friend Barbie Berg here a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, talking about saw that. the mid singles experience. Barbie and I are good friends. Barbie yeah. is the best. She's so awesome.
1: She is energetic and yeah. hilarious. So fun. It's funny because I told her she was hilarious the other day, and she went, "Man, what are you talking about? No, she is, and, and she like,
0: has dating stories that. Just make me cry. They're so funny. Yeah. And brave. Yeah. She's super brave. Super brave. Uh, so people can look out for the LDS Living.
1: LDS Living, uh, What Not to Say to Singles in the church. That'll be released, awesome. I think, in the next week or so.
0: And I know your home teaching story because Rob Ferre told me it, and I was crying oh, just he did? from Rob. He only gave me like a two-minute version of it, <laughs> Oh, that's. and I was crying. It's so fantastic. So we want people to check that out for sure. Oh, yeah. And you're at Wise Guys. You're a regular at Wise Guys now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I a regular mean,
1: there. And we can't say,
0: I cannot say enough good things about Keith Stubbs and the awesome work he has done for cultivating comedy here in Utah. He is an icon and a good friend and just an awesome guy.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, Steve, this has been fantastic, wonderful, uh, something I didn't prepare you for in advance. We end the show each time with the exact same question because we just love to hear what what people think about it. But what does being a member of the church mean to you? And it can be as much or as little as you want.
1: You know, um, it's interesting because there's so many things that it can mean. Um, and to me, there's levels of what it can mean. I mean, to me, if I move to a new city, I instantly have friends, mm. which is simple but crazy powerful Yeah, to have like an instant kinship with people and an instant like connection to them. All of my comedy, I actually have this kind of subtext goal of having connection, and I want people to feel more close to each other, to me, to um, their loved ones after a show, mm-hmm. which um, awesome. I think is super important. And so that's one of the phrases that I like a lot in the was it I where Paul says the the community of Christ. Yeah. Um, to me, that's actually really a big part of me going to church, um, because I believe in Christ, and I have strength that flows from that, and that's personal, and that's time where I just spend with myself and um, and and Him in in prayer to Heavenly Father, and and and, and thinking of of Jesus and stuff like that. For me, church is that the community of Christ, and I love that phraseology because it's, um, it speaks to why we go to church. Yeah, um, I think sometimes it can be tempting, especially if maybe you're a single person. Um, where I go to church, there's like a tim. Temp- it's like, okay, who are you dating? Who are you gonna ask out? And that it, it tends yeah. to start to play big notes in your mind and christ can kind of start to play a background and uh so what i want church for me to feel like is like this is my community of christ Mm. that i go and visit and that's the reason we're coming together is for that
0: awesome steve this has been wonderful i'm so glad we finally got to meet and uh, that we got to sit down and talk uh you are a tremendous comedian everybody follow him on facebook check out his videos on YouTube. And Steve, thank you for sharing your Latter-day life
1: with us. Thanks so much for having me.
0: And my special thanks to my guest, Steve Solberg. My wife was listening ...to some of the recording before I edited the whole thing together. She was listening to some of the interview, and she just kept saying, Is that you laughing? I could not stop laughing. I love good comedy. And Steve is so funny. Please go see him in person if you ever get the opportunity to see him perform live... ...or just check out his YouTube videos. So thank you very much, Steve. Uh, This week in my latter-day life, uh, I reflected back... To a road trip I did many years ago. After my mission, I moved to Riverside, California. And I was living down there with some roommates. And one of my roommates was a guy by the name of Chris. And I just love Chris. Funny, funny guy, convert to the church, and just as good a guy as you'll ever meet. And I had begun dating Vanessa, who is now my wife, and he had begun dating a young lady named Sherry. And Chris needed to go to Utah, and so did I, and we decided a road trip out there. We hopped in my, uh, I think it was a 1989 Ford Probe, little two-door car. We hopped in and drove through the night, switched off driving. I was driving way too fast, got pulled over, ended up getting arrested and had to appear before a judge and pay for the ticket. It was one of those just wild trips you have while you're young because you can. And we made it to Utah, but the entire trip for 12 or 13 hours... We kept talking about Sherry and Vanessa, Sherry, his girlfriend, Vanessa, you know, my girlfriend, Sherry was such a sweet young lady. I'd met her in the young adult ward and, um, uh, just such a, a perfect match for Chris. Well, a few months later, I ended up marrying Vanessa and Chris ended up marrying Sherry and we caught up with each other later. They came over to our house a couple of years later and we've kept in touch on Facebook and about 18 months ago. Uh, Sherry had gotten, uh, sick and it turned out it was cancer and she had already battled cancer once before. And we, we thought that she had come through it and was, was free and clear. But, uh, lo and behold, it had returned with a vengeance and she got sicker and sicker. And we, we just prayed for her and prayed for her. And, uh, finally earlier this week, her battle ended and Sherry passed away, um, Yesterday I got to go to the funeral and my friend Chris stood up and spoke, which I think is so tremendously brave. But he had been battling this, and as he said, he had been saying goodbye to Sherry for a long, long time. And as I sat there listening to him and I, I heard him talk about the um the joy of their marriage, he said something that I will never forget. He said, even knowing how I feel now, and the pain. I would not do anything differently. And when I see the pain on his children's faces, and when I see the pain that he's going through, my dear old friend Chris, such an amazing example of the gospel. And to say, you know, this is it. This is life. He truly understands the atonement. He understands the plan of salvation in a, in a way that maybe I don't. But I gain great strength from that. And I kept thinking back to when we were so young and the world was ahead of us. And life is hard, and it takes twists and turns that we never, ever expect. But if we'll stay true to the gospel, we, like Chris, can find joy in even the most difficult times. One of the great things was at this funeral, a lot of friends from Riverside came up who I haven't seen in 25 years. And as we all got together, we all remembered when we were young, maybe a bit thinner, maybe we had more hair or darker hair. (laughs) But it was so great to be with these people who had stood strong in the gospel and knowing that very shortly, I mean, that 25 years went by so fast and knowing again, very shortly, Chris will be reunited with Sherry. And that is the joy of the gospel. And that is what is happening this week in my Latter-day life. I want to thank you again for uh, listening to the show this week and every week. Gosh, if you have an opportunity to share it, uh, a lot of times people just share our Facebook status and they'll just say, hey, here's a show I like to listen to. We certainly appreciate it. If you listen to us, especially on um, Apple Podcasts, which is where uh, most uh, podcasts are listened to, you get a chance to give us a review. That helps us to show up when people are searching for LDS content. And we really appreciate it. Uh, We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of that. And we try to keep things updated. So please, if you're not following us now, check it out. And when you share with friends, they can actually stream directly from LatterDayLives.com or they can find us on Stitcher or TuneIn or Apple Podcasts or Google Play. Pretty much anywhere you get your podcast, that's where we are. So until next week when we will have another wonderful show for you. Remember, as always, that there is a great, big, beautiful world out there. So go be in it, just not of it. Thanks for listening.